Welcome to Cheer Up Ed, the podcast, guy. <laughs> this is going to be fun. One. This is going to be cool. Look, we're here to have fun. We're here to have a good time. This is your new favorite shit. This is your new favorite. Remember, don't be a bummer, okay? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Cheer Up Babe, the podcast. You're listening to episode 20 with me, your host, your El Confidant, your El Capitan, Papa Bear, VJ Julio. Now, I did definitely list off four names right there that sounded super duper arrogant, but this is the 4th of July episode, okay? We are delving into the American way, and we're going to get a little bit fucking arrogant, a little bit fucking cocky. Okay, happy birthday, America. Back-to-back World War champs, we're probably going to bully some people on this episode. Haven't bullied people in a really long time, like 11 years. But we're going to return to our roots like it's 1776 and see if we can just fucking snap back into action. But yeah, man, happy 4th. You know what I love about America? I love that America gets some stuff wrong. But for the most part, they know that if the 4th of July falls on a Sunday, we're going to have observed 4th of July the next day, because as red-blooded Americans, we had way too many fucking hot dogs and got way too fucking smashed in order to come to work today. If you're listening to this on Monday, congratulations. You're on the front lines, all right? But this might be a little bit war-heavy because the pride's running through my veins, all right? Some of y'all don't like being being American right now. Some of y'all don't like being a part of America. I do. It's the only day of the year that I feel like I should tattoo a bald eagle on my neck and my dick gets rock fucking hard after I paint it red, white, and blue. Do you understand? I love this fucking holiday. And honestly, we need some fucking patriotism in our lives right now. There's not a lot to be patriotic about. Yeah, if you're a cuck. You live in the freest country on the planet. Yeah, but there's so much corrupt. Yes. But certain measures have to be taken. I'm basically wiping the fucking Icarus tattoo off of my arm for this episode, and we're just going to get super arrogant, super cocky. And in case you were wondering what the fuck that was, Google the story of Icarus. It's a, it's a, it's a tale about hubris. It's a tale about how your own arrogance will be your own demise. And I got that permanently tattooed on my body, and I'm wiping it off for this episode. And I'm also not wearing a cozy, comfy hoodie. And I, Cubs, listen, I know you're like, <gasps> I know you just gasped. I know that if you're driving, listening to this podcast right now, you almost just swerved into the ditch. Regain control. Don't overcorrect like we do everything. Center yourself. Ground yourself. Trees, plants, birds. Ground yourself. Center yourself in your happy place. Because I need to get a little bit fucking nitty gritty episode 20. Because it just so happened to fall on America's birthday, which is basically Jesus's birthday. Which actually is a holiday, and it's called Christmas, and that's what happens when I just start talking for no fucking reason. Listen, I've been talking for three minutes, haven't said shit, but welcome to Cheer Up Babe the Podcast. This is episode 20. We are not doing a live with TikTok, because I'm going to be brutally honest with you, okay? I know that I said every 10th episode, we're going to go live on TikTok, but I'm most honest here. I'm most honest with the Cubs, and honestly... I don't fucking like TikTok. (laughs) How could you? How could you like TikTok? It's the most toxic place on the planet. People just like to be rude for no reason. Now, it doesn't get to me. It makes me giggle. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I don't even read my fucking comments anymore. Because it's gotten to the point, like, why don't you just delete it? 
I don't know, a quarter million people is a lot of fucking people, all right? I just don't want to delete that. It's also a direct funneling system to find true cubs. If I can find more cubs out into the out in the wild and capture them and bring them into the den, I'm gonna. And if I got a quarter million people funneling themselves into the pot, hi, welcome. New listener, welcome. You're listening to your new favorite shit and you're trapped and you can't get away from it. When it comes to negative fucking comments on on that app, I've I've I never responded. I responded like the first two that I got, and then it turned into a heated blow up battle. And that was like three weeks into using the stupid ass app. But now I don't even respond because I know they just want a little bit of attention. But what I think would be fun is if I brought it to the den and I hung out with the Cubs and we had a conversation where we just kind of got to clap back on some of the shitty comments that I get. Okay. Now something big happened this week, babe. Something real big happened this week, and it also is the smallest insignificant thing on the planet. It's really, really big, and it also doesn't matter at all, just like everything else that happens, especially in the social media space. Don't get it twisted. Don't get too wrapped up in the goddamn social media bullshit, okay? Because ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's insignificant, and something big happened. Ryan Reynolds joined TikTok, so I have a direct vein. I have a direct line to him now, and I always joke around just because everyone and their fucking mother and all generations of mothers say that I sound like Ryan Reynolds, and it used to drive the shit out of me till my wife said they could actually be rude, and I said, that's a good point. I'm going to embrace it, but this is literally how I've talked since the beginning of forever, but he never had a TikTok, and now he has one, so I amassed the ladies. I got my bad bitches on TikTok to start tagging him in this post that I made. Now, I say ladies and I say bad bitches because 86% women is my follower base. And if it's 86% of anything, I'm going to cater to the 86% on the app. You understand? And it was just a little shout out. Now, you know how expressive I can get. You know how you know how excitable your boy can get over here. All right. VJ doesn't play around now. Did my balls just shrivel up into my stomach because I referred to myself in the third person because I didn't want to say your boy for the fourth time this episode? So I said my name and then thus referring to myself in the third person? Yeah, that just happened. But I put out a TikTok this week after I saw that Ryan Reynolds is now officially on TikTok, verified everything. And it was just a little hello. It was just a little welcome to the fucking scene, you know, and also a a, a beginning of a movement, a call to action, a frontline narrative. And here's how it went. say that I give off your vibes. They say I'm the wish brand you. So that's the kind of backhanded compliments you can look forward to on this app. I'm starting a movement now. You're here. You're here. So I'm starting a movement and the movement is to actually get you on my podcast. We can talk about anything. We can talk about fatherhood, why we married women with boys names, cocoa butter, what your sheets smell like, anything that pops into our heads we could talk about. But babe, I'm so stoked you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is going to be hell for you. Now, emphasis on the uh, cocoa butter topic for sure. Now, obviously, that was just a list, a, a rambling off list. I need to clarify something for the Cubs. 
Now, based off of my comment section, perhaps 71% of my comments are like something that has to do with Deadpool or Ryan Reynolds and the vibes. My clarification is this. When I say I give off Ryan Reynolds vibes, I obviously don't mean appearance. I mean delivery, cadence, and manner of speaking. Based off of my comment section, do you think I'm so in the dark that I think I look like voted 2016 or whatever the fuck's most handsome man on the planet? Do you think that that's how I perceive myself? I perceive myself as an Idaho 8 and the body is doing the heavy lifting. Does that make sense? I'm an Idaho 8, body's doing the heavy lifting, bringing the average way the fuck up, which would put me right at about a California 2. Does that make sense? I'm not lost on that. You're not going to find a more self-aware person, babe. So, there's 917 comments on that video. About 800 of them are Ryan Reynolds tags. Like, they're tagging his TikTok. They're, they're called... They're, They're doing the movement. They're doing the call to action and I'm so fucking happy about it because those are the cool people. Those are the people that see something, that see a fun possibility and they don't want to be a bummer. They don't want to be a bummer and squash it down into the ground because obviously you put out a video like that, you're, it's mainly a joke. It's mainly sarcastic. You think Ryan Reynolds has his fucking cell phone and he's just opening TikTok? The man's busy making multi-million dollar fucking gin deals. So really all it was for me is a way to generate some steam. Now, say, in the 0.000.1% chance that it comes across his desk, well, I mean, we can fucking... We can pander a little bit, you know? Also, whoever handles Ryan Reynolds social media accounts is so fucking annoying right now. He got like 4 million followers in 24 hours. That's wild. That's insane. Now, like I said, there's like 800 something people that tagged him and said something like, oh my God, I want to see this happen. Oh my God, this would be so legit. Oh my God, this would be really fun. Ryan Reynolds, please hit him back. Like fun stuff, silly stuff, shit that's obviously not serious like everything else. And then I got four comments that were negative. Three of the comments were from nameless, faceless profiles. So I don't even worry about those because those people are non-existent on the app and in life probably. But then there was one that I just wanted to rip into a little bit. I almost clapped back. I almost clapped back. But then I said, I don't give these people attention on the app because that's where the main follower base is. I don't give these people attention. But this one mid-30s four with chiclet teeth, like bottom teeth are bigger than her upper teeth, said, yikes, I hate to burst your bubble, but I get none of these vibes from you. Yikes. Said yikes twice. I don't get dental insurance vibes from you. You feel? Happy birthday, America. Also, you're in your mid-30s and you put demon makeup on, on TikTok. So, I mean, granted, I do... I do stupid parenting TikToks, but speaking of which, having Gracie on my TikTok, over, done, done with it. It got too big. It got too big. Like there's too many people following now. It's, it, 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 it has hit that range where it's like, okay, putting my child out there for this exposure. Yeah. All the TikToks are silly. 
and everything. And she's, you know, at, at the point I was making them, she was like six, seven months old. So she's just a little baby girl. But now it, uh, I feel like I'm in that range where it's like no mas, no mas, no mas TikToks with the princess baby angel face because she doesn't need to be exposed to that shit. The shit that I'm willing to expose myself to because I'm inherently narcissistic a little bit. There needs to be a word for when you're narcissistic, but you're also extremely self-aware and you're constantly trying to work on yourself. I think it's called therapy and or starting your own podcast. So whatever that word is, I don't get weighed down very much by the negativity and the judgment. I usually laugh at it. I think of a clapback and the only thing that gets me upset is that they don't get to hear my clapback or know what I feel about them because I'm not willing to expend my energy throughout my day typing on a phone. So instead, I'd rather come right at your goddamn ears right here. You see my face on the fucking placard. I'm saying it right to your face, demon slayer, 37-year-old wearing demon makeup chiclet teeth. You feel me? <laughs> no, man, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just in my bullying phase because the 4th of July and I'm, I'm, we're back-to-back world champs. And if there's one thing we don't talk about this on this podcast, it's the bummer shit that's for sure happening everywhere. We don't highlight those things. We talked about we talk about the fact that we could shoot you in the face today if we wanted. But yeah, just to wrap that up real fast, no mas TikToks with the baby girl. No mas lives. I post like one video every two weeks at this point. And the, the app is so ridiculous. Like if, if you post if you post a video whose content quality is like a three or up, they're just like, let him go viral. I don't know. There's not enough effort in it. I want to do this, babe. I like talking to you guys here because this is real. You guys get to actually find out who the fuck I am, not in some 15-second content silliness. So I post few and far between on there anyways. So if you're here from TikTok, I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I hope that you've listened to enough episodes and you enjoy it enough that the the, the rollover into this has made you a fan of this podcast because the consistent numbers show that some of you are fucking with me and I dig it and I want you around. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, babe. And it just is what it is. Next fucking topic. Let's talk about hubris for a second. Let's talk about arrogance and cockiness. Let's talk about a little bit of fun time with VJ Julio at the age of 21 years old. I feel like I've mentioned the old 1994 Honda Accord a few times the last episode. So I feel like I'm getting a little bit nostalgic on you, babe. But I miss having a little maroon beater car. But that's not the point of this story that I want to tell you now. The story I'm going to tell you is a story in insanity. Because textbook definition of insanity is repeatedly doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Now, this all starts when I was in high school and or middle school. I heard the story a few times throughout my life, and it was a trickle-down story from my father. Now, my father also wrestled. My father also got a full-ride scholarship to college in wrestling. Now, the funny thing about that is he was raised in a small town in Montana. And then BYU offered him a full-ride scholarship to their wrestling program. And you might be like, BYU doesn't have a wrestling program. Yeah. After Title IX, wrestling programs got cut egregiously. We're, sitting, we're rocking like an 11% of what it used to be in terms of colleges that had a wrestling program. So this was pre-cuts. This was pre-wrestling cuts. Out of high school, my dad gets a full-ride offer. 
didn't know what the LDS church was, didn't know what the Mormon church was, didn't know the rules, didn't understand anything. Now, this is a guy who is a homebred, red-blooded Montana boy that enjoys punching people in the face if they get lippy, aka the hero of my life. So he goes to BYU and he just, you know, holds on to that cocky arrogance entitlement that we all kind of have when we're rolling out of high school into college feeling like king shit. So there was a staff parking lot there that you would 100% if you were a student get a ticket for. Now back in the day, when you were on a full ride, anything that went on your, not transcript, but whatever the fuck system they had for keeping a log of what students owe what, whatever went on on that little log got paid for by the school because you were on a full ride. That's how scholarships used to work. Now my dad would park in the staff parking lot every single day and he would get a ticket every single day. But with their silly system about not giving a fuck, they just paid the own their own tickets. So he never got a ticket. Eventually, he got to the point where he had to go see the board of directors or whatever the fuck it was. And he said that was really funny. But don't worry, that story has a happy ending. He transferred out after one year to the University of Montana because they also had a wrestling program. And my dad wrestled for the Grizz. He went back to his roots because I don't think he was cut out for the Provo lifestyle. Okay. <laughs> But I hear this story about my dad parking in the staff parking lot and getting tickets every single day and not having to pay a single one because of his full ride. Now, I get a full ride and I remember this story that my dad told me about the staff parking lot, which I connected the dots, even though it's what fucking 28 years later, I connect the dots and I go same sitch. same exact situation. So I park my 1994 Honda Accord with a missing back bumper on it, anywhere I wanted, anywhere I wanted. Is it in front of the gymnasium that is only for security spots? I'm parking there. Less of a walk. Do you have to have a parking pass for each individual parking lot at this college? So if you had an A pass, you could only park in the green Spots, if you have a B pass, you could only park in the yellow spots, etc., so on and so forth, continuing through the alphabet. And each one of those sections you individually would have to buy a parking pass for, except for you just park there anyways because you're on a full ride and you think the rules don't apply to you. Yeah, of course you park there. Every single day, I walk out to my car, there's a parking ticket on the hood, I take it off, and I toss it in the back seat. I literally collected them all in the back seat. Now, as you listen to the story, don't forget, I started off with, let me tell you about Arrogant VJ. I have evolved, I have grown, I have learned lessons in hubris, this being one of them, so much so that I had to make sure that I brought my arrogance level way the fuck down for my day-to-day life. Now, this is episode 20. It's America's birthday. We're bringing the arrogance back out full force, but I digress. Let's continue on with the story. One day, there's a boot on my car. Now, this is, if I had to assume, one month in. So we could say there's roughly 30 tickets on my car, have been on my car, roughly. I'm not a mathematician, but it's one month. 30 tickets, cool. I have a boot on my car. And I go, what What the fuck? There's a boot on my car. Now, lucky me, the poor parking enforcement agent who was 5'2", didn't know how to properly apply a boot. 
So literally, I just applied pressure to the back of the boot. It wasn't fully engaged, and it slid right the fuck off the back, and I just popped it off my tire and drove to my apartment. Now, the next day, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, there's your warning shot. You got away. You got away lucky. There was a warning shot. Obviously, VJ, we know you're not the stupidest person on the planet, so you righted your wrongs, and you parked in your appropriate parking spot. The ones that you either pay for by the day or the ones that you don't have to pay for, right? You got by the skin of your teeth, you made those adjustments, and you became a better person in that day. Nope, not my style. My style was more of out of sight, out of mind. So once the boot's off my car, it never happened. So the next day, I go back to parking. Now, this continues on again. They didn't reboot me, but one day I come out of the library. And there's a tow truck there, much to my surprise, much to my surprise, there's a tow truck parked behind my car, getting ready to toss it on. I walk up calmly. I'm about to explain to them, hey, no, the school pays for all my shit. Just like when my dad went to college in 1982, if I'm on a full ride, the college pays for everything. You guys are being silly. There's some sort of misunderstanding. And they said, no, that's not how it works here. The school doesn't even have a connection to the parking enforcement here. This is the actual city police that handle the parking enforcement on the campus of the college. And I said, that's interesting. Okay. And they go, we're going to tow this. And I said, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Where do I go to pick it up? And they gave me the number of the tow company and the address. And so, and I said, well, I'm here now, so can I just pay for it? And obviously, once the tow truck's there, they're towing your car. There's no talking your way out of it. Those guys don't give a fuck about your life, rightfully so. Those guys are the physical embodiment of the, t- of the comment section on TikTok. So he tows it. I didn't even make a fuss. I was like, yeah, whatever. I guess I kind of deserve it. It is what it is. And I honestly had no idea what I had accrued in parking tickets. And I honestly wasn't even thinking about it because I was like, okay, I just got to go down. I'll pay the towing fee and then we'll see if I have to pay the parking tickets later or anything like that. That's not how it works. Once your car's towed, you have to pay it in total if you want your car again. So I found that out when I went to the tow station and they let me know that I had accrued over $1,200 in parking tickets, and there was a $375 tow fee. Now, let me give you the entire conversation. I walked in. There's this short, plump woman that's about 56 years old, going on 90, with thinning blonde hair and the skin complexion that has only eaten Top Ramen packets for the last 48 years. And that's not me hating. That's just me painting a picture for A, she's heard it all. And B, she's not going to give a fuck about some thick-necked, cocky-ass fucking college guy. Does that make sense? Nothing about her said, no, no, no. Let me hear your side of the story and let's meet in the middle. None of that was coming from the second I opened the door. I saw her. I said, this will only go south. And I walked up and I, I'm smiling. Now, listen, if there, if through all the arrogant years, through the piece of shit years, through the years where I think I'm king shit, I always kept customer service people to a certain standard where I'm going to give them the utmost respect. They are on the same level that I try to treat elders and people in positions of power. Everybody 
got the same treatment, especially if I'd never met you before. It's just a respect thing. So I walk in and I'm even smiling because I'm trying to be polite and I'm trying to be nice. And I walk up and I go, hi. She did not smile back. Shocker. And I said, hi, my name is Vincent. I am here to pick up my Honda Accord that got towed about 10 minutes ago. She goes, okay. And her voice sounded about like that. She goes, okay, let me pull it up. And I said, that's chain smoking, everybody. And she goes, okay. It was something like $1,575. And I went, I have to pay all of that before I get my car or do I pay like a percentage of that and then I'll get my car and I square up with the police station later. She said, nope, you pay that right now or you don't get your car. And I smiled at her and I said, keep it. And I left the tow station. Because guess what? I'm not going to pay $1,575 for a car that is worth $675. It didn't have a back bumper on it and it had racing tires from an Acura. Okay. It was scratched to shit on the roof from the time that we moved camping sites and we were too lazy to take our tent down. So we just strapped the tent to the top of the car and the little fucking bendy poles that go through the tent scratched the shit out of the roof of the car. The alignment had been off for the last three years and it was unfixable because all I would do is e-brake drift that poor fucking 94 cord around every single turn in my small town. That car was road hard and put away wet, much like your mom. So... (laughs) (laughs) there was zero chance in hell that I was going to pay $1,575. VJ, what'd you leave in? I was walking back to the campus, which was probably about four miles away. I called my dad and I said, dad, something crazy happened. And he said, run it because my dad's super hip. I'm just kidding. He probably gave me finger guns through the phone and said, let's hear it, buddy. And uh, I explained the situation to him and he goes, That's bullshit. And I said, it's not that much bullshit, though, because as I'm learning by the minute, it's not 1982 and I deserved it. It sounds like when you go almost three months of getting a parking ticket every single day and not changing your ways because you're full of arrogance and cockiness, you deserve it. You deserve to get what's coming to you. But my dad's red hot on the other side of the line and I'm going, Dad, I don't care. And he's like, how are you going to get around? And I said, Well, on the coattails of 1776, July 4th, I'm going to walk around for a while. (laughs) I'm going to walk around and collect my thoughts. I'm going to trek out on a new trail. I'm going to move west. And I'm going to leave three hours early to everything because that's how long it takes to walk in comparison to drive. So, I don't care. Which is just another fucking... Like, legitimately, my response was, "I I don't need it. I'll figure it out. Which is just another example of, why are you so cocky? Why do you think you got everything figured out? You don't. You don't, Vincent. So, dad hangs up. And then I get a call from dad, like, 10 minutes later. And he goes, go back. And I was like, I'm not going to go back. He's like, you're going to pay the tow fee. And then you're going to immediately drive down to the police station and set up a payment plan for your tickets. And I said... Okay, how the fuck did you swing that? And apparently the conversation he had with old chain smoking blue hair is he's a college kid who was in sports and has a job in order to pay for his apartment. Do you think he has $1,575 laying around? So either you have this shit car that you have to dispose of that you'll probably get $150 for scrap metal from or He can pay you the tow fee, and then I'll send him to the police station. And old blue hair goes, that sounds about right. And 
that's how he solved the problem. See, I learned a lot of stuff from my father, like how to negotiate things and not just say, keep it. So I went down, I paid the 375, I went to the police station, set up a payment plan. What was my payment plan? Obviously, I didn't have 1500 extra dollars laying around that I could even pay out in increments. So I took out a $5,000 loan from Wells Fargo that I'm still paying on to this day. That's a lesson in hubris, Cubs. That's a lesson in don't be so arrogant that you don't read the fine print or the fucking bold print for that matter. It's not like it was a secret that you needed a parking pass. And also never think you're king shit because you're not because you're not because somewhere in your life, there was a 57 going on 85-year-old woman who has chain-smoked since 1776, who's heard it all, who's ready to pull that fucking cocky rug right out from under your feet, all right? Also, don't just give up your cars because you don't want to be impolite or negotiate because that's another thing. (laughs) She scared the shit out of me. (laughs) So just a little update. Let's do a little, let's do a little life update. Your boy got a new job, hey? And as I'm one to do, I like to fill up my plate. I like to make my plate runneth over. I, if I have free time, I'm dying. All right. So I'm working two jobs right now, baby gorgeous. I work Monday through Sunday because I'm just I'm just raking in that extra income. But in my new job, I'm I'm a I work with some of these younger kids who where MMA is their only passion both of these kids are fighters both of these kids are training they're fighting they're learning the skills they're honing the skills both of them have aspirations to go big in fighting they just enjoy clanging and banging but that's which that's all fucking good and well like good on them but they're also fans of fighting so the conversation usually wraps itself somewhere around the ufc which is fine which is fine and and it's cool and it's nice to be around that as a juxtaposition to be in literally by myself in my other job all day, every day and surround myself with a little bit of that back in the day, VJ old school combat sports mentality. But here's the problem. I don't know if you can relate to this. I bet some of you can. I'm not a fan of anything. Does that make sense? I'm not a fan of anything. Really? I enjoy sports. I enjoy sitting down and watching a football game. I'll pick a team. I'll root for that team for the football game. I enjoy that. Hanging out with friends, having some snacks, drinking some beer, watching sports, watching UFC fights. I enjoy watching the UFC fights. I'm not a fan of anything to the point where it's like, oh God, did you hear about Gaethje? He got fucking armbarred in the fucking third round two weeks ago by a guy who lost to... Zawiga Mamumbe and he's not even a top contender so it dropped him down on the leaderboard but don't worry in three months he's training for this fight against Juan Carlos where it will determine whether or not he gets a chance to re-go for his belt and I'm just like whew like stats and shit and breaking it down to like this guy's a jujitsu expert, and when he goes up against a wrestler, he does really really well but when he goes up against a striker he has no chance I'm just like I want to watch him Touch gloves and try to punch each other's face in. Now, there's nothing wrong if you're a fan of things. Like if you're like a diehard fucking New York Yankees fan where it's like, I go fucking sit at the games. I know the stats of every single player. I know the numbers of every single player. I know what college they graduated from. That's fine. I I have a little brother, Boone, who's like a statistician for sports. 
the kid's recall on fucking everything is is amazing. But also, at the same time, fill your brain with different things. I guess that's, I, like, I don't care enough in order to learn the ins and outs of every single thing. Like, I don't know people's names. I don't know anything like that. I have, like, a couple people that if I see them fighting, I'll root for them. Or if I see a certain team playing, I'll root for them. But I'm just, like, I'm not a fan of anything. And it's, like, a, I feel like it's a problem. I think I need to be a fan of more stuff. But also, as I said, my plate runneth over. How do you guys have time for that? How do you have time for that? Especially if you're like married with kids. How do you have time to study a sport that you don't participate in? Don't you have a kid that needs a hug? Don't you? <laughs> hey, what'd your kid do at recess today? Now I'm going <laughs> to fucking chill out. I'm not giving you so much shit where it's like if you're a fan of everything, you're a neglectful parent. But it doesn't help. I don't know. As a dude, here's how my brain thought process is. Okay. What I'm doing is what I'm doing in that moment. That's it, period. I'm at work. I'm at work. I'm not thinking about other shit in terms of like, this needs to get done and what about this and what about this and what about this? It's just like, I'm working right now. Now, say I get a phone call from my wife. I literally stop working and then I'm talking to my wife. I get off of work. I want to go to the gym. When I'm at the gym, I'm at the gym. I leave the gym. I head home. I'm with my family. I'm with my family. Like I and when I'm sitting down, I'm recording this podcast. I wait until the entire house is shut down. My girls are upstairs sleeping. And now I am doing this podcast. Does that make sense? Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing right then. So at no point in my day do I go, I want to sit down and I want to learn everything about those people. I don't, it's, it's one of the main reasons I don't have my finger on the pulse of pop culture, like shit that's going on. I don't have my finger on the pulse of that because too much going on in my life. Fill your life with things that are going on in your life, not things that are going on in fucking Tony Romo's life. <laughs> and I don't, that might be one of the most unrelatable things that I've ever said, but that's, that's a VJ thing. And there I go with the third person again. Excuse me while I remove my nuts from my stomach, babe. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing that. I want to try, not a big drug user, and that's an interesting lead-in, but hey, didn't do a lot of experimenting, had a couple surgeries, really enjoyed painkillers for a little while, while I was healing up from my fucking knee getting chopped to bits, yeah, that's me being overdramatic, I got my meniscus removed, <laughs> which if you have had like ACL, LCL, whatever the fuck reconstructive surgery, you just kind of giggled a little bit because you know how minor a meniscus thing is. But the thing with the meniscus is it's the cushion between your thigh bone and your goddamn shin bone. I, I know I'm basically a doctor. I hope you really enjoyed those medical terms, but your femur and your tibia, I'm guessing, I'm guessing. And I think I guessed right where it connects at the knee when it, where your knee joint goes in, there's a piece of cartilage in between those two bones, and it's called a meniscus. And that is cushion for your entire fucking life so that the bones don't rub against each other. I tore mine in college wrestling, and in order to get me back on the mat faster, the coaches just had me cut it out. Because they were like, uh, the recovery is kind of touch and go in terms of healing up cartilage. So you could either recover it and stay off of the knee for a few months or you can remove it and get back on the mat in 10 days and and when I said you could do this or you could do that that's what the doctor said to the coaches and then the coaches said cut it out but they still gave me painkillers and I took them a little too liberally 
But other than that, nah, not really my thing. But what I do want to try is ayahuasca. Now, okay, I'm not a fan of anything. You know what I'm a fan of? Annie Letterman, okay? She's a stand-up comic, and she's dirty, and I kind of fucking vibe with it, and she looks like how I look like the big brother off of Paranorman. She looks like Scarlett Johansson. Like, so that's the similarities there. Fucking fan of her. But I listened to her talk about doing ayahuasca. That's one thing that's never really freaked me out. You hear about all the people that are always, like, taking shrooms or doing other hallucinogenics and stuff, and they're like, be careful. If you have a bad trip, dude, it goes really, really bad fucking you might think demons are chasing you and i'm like i feel like those are people with demons i feel like those are people with some with some skeletons in the closet i've never i don't think that i have ever been that worried about any of that whenever i hear about it i'm like i have a zero percent fear that i would have a bad trip because a i don't take shit too seriously and for the most part i enjoy life i'm happy go lucky i'm a silly little bitch Everything runs kind of fucking smooth over here, and I've never really worried about that. So then I heard Annie Letterman talk about ayahuasca, and I go, Hmm. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I could fuck around with some ayahuasca, and I think that I should find a way to do that. Now, the problem is, according to the podcast I was listening to, which you guys know, podcasts are 100% true, and always, always super duper reliable there's these gurus that take people on these ayahuasca trips in like cities where it's just full of shit they're the rex Kwando of ayahuasca apparently so if you want legit ayahuasca you gotta go to the fucking rainforest or something and sit underneath a goddamn tree and try not to get eaten by fucking black panthers that's apparently how you can do a legit one but i don't have the fucking funding for that so i need all my tiktok fucking followers to give me one dollar at a time so (laughs) I want to do something legit like that because it would be like a fucking experience and I'm not scared of that shit. You want to talk about some residual arrogance? Mm, Not scared of having any sort of adverse effects. I think it's because I don't usually have adverse effects to things and I want to try it. Apparently it opens up you spiritually and you have visions and shit and you purge like you puke a lot but it's not like scary or terrifying apparently. It's like soul healing which sounds so fucking hippie but hey star children you guys get it you got fucking moon phases tattooed on your forearm you fucking get it i enjoy being in touch and connected to shit like that 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 entices me and i want to experience what that is i mean we're only on this planet for a short period of time why not fucking give it a shot if you know it's not a fucking street made drug that people are fucking making in a goddamn camper somewhere why not but I want to do it in the rainforest. This That just kind of segued me, segued me into another fucking thing. That, uh, so if you guys rock with the podcast, if you're feeling the podcast, this is like a uh, shameless plug f- to support the podcast. If you guys want to support the podcast, if you go to anchor.fm, there's a support option and you can opt to support with like $4 a month, anything like that. If, if any of you want to jump on and support the podcast, help the podcast out, because ultimately I would love to fucking keep this bad boy growing and make it viable enough and give it upgrades that I can, you know, give the Cubs more of what they enjoy listening to every single Monday slash fucking Tuesday because of iTunes wanting to hold on to my shit for over 48 hours before it releases my pocket. If you listen to my shit on iTunes, touch and go whether or not it's going to be on Monday because they like hold my shit for review for some reason. 
But if you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, you get it at 3 a.m. Monday morning. And that's just how it goes, baby gorgeous. But if you guys want to support the podcast, you can jump on there. You can hit the support button. And if you send me a screenshot or something that you're supporting the podcast, I'll send you a fucking pack of five stickers, five cup stickers. I'll just send you, I'll just send you a fucking pack of them. I got some fun cup stickers made that aren't available like on the store or for sale or anything that I'm just like, I'm going to give them to people that actually want to be OG Cubs and support the podcast. It's just something that I thought would be kind of cool. So on that, lo- on that note, let's do some unqualified dad advice. But before we do that, let me just wrap that up. Annie Letterman, let's go on a fucking ayahuasca trip together, babe. You know? Just don't bring Kalila. All right, let's do some unqualified dad advice. All right, let's see if we can help some people out here. Out there in the fucking ether internet verse. Silver Anzi says, My mother keeps telling me to wear revealing swimming clothes like bikinis and the such, even though it makes me uncomfortable. Vocabulary, 3 out of 10. What do I tell her so she will just let me swim with shorts and a t-shirt? <laughs> Alright, probably a little bit of body image issues going on, you know? I think you're not you might not be seeing the big picture of what of what Mama Bear's trying to do for you here. Your mom is trying to teach you to just be confident in your body. That's all mom's trying to do. She's saying, wear a bikini because she probably sees the insecurity that's coming from her daughter right now. She sees that her daughter wants to wear a big t-shirt and shorts to the swimming pool and not wear a bikini. And she's not really good at coming out and saying, hey. Fuck those body image issues that you're dealing with for not wanting to show your body in a bikini. Be happy with the body you have, which coming from a mom, that's awesome. Props to the mom. If that's what's up, I guess I haven't opened it and read it. Watch. It's like my mother has a fetish for Kim Kardashian and is trying to Kris Jenner me into a whole new entertainment lifestyle. (laughs) She called Reggie's nephew and I just don't know what to say anymore. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is, but I feel for the most part your mom wants you to be confident in your body and she's telling you to wear a bikini because she doesn't like seeing you insecure and covering up with a big t-shirt when it's time to go swimming. All right? Let's see. Silver Anzi, let's see. My mother fails to understand how wearing bikinis that only cover my chest in privates is uncomfortable for me. Just for context, I am a transgender man and I have told her, but she keeps telling me to use my bikini. Okay, that was... There's so many fucking left turns on this goddamn site. There's so many fucking left-hand turns on this site. How many fucking times am I going to open a goddamn thing and it's like, because they're transgender? Now listen to me. All right, babe. If you're transitioning... I feel like that's a bigger move to convince your mother of than I want to wear shorts and a t-shirt. So why is this where you're getting hung up? I feel that you had to ask for advice on Reddit about it. How is the sit down for, hey, I want a full blown do the whole shit and caboodle switcheroo, a conversation that has already happened and... I want to wear a t-shirt at a swimming pool. Hasn't. Okay. Do you, do you hear how it sounds coming out of my mouth? Now, I guess I shouldn't get so snippety-dippity because honestly, I'm confused about where, where we're at directionally. Now, don't get mad at me for my ignorance here, but when someone calls themselves a transgender man, that means they, are they, are, do they want, are they switching to a man or are they switching from a man? I feel like if I had to break this down, oh my gosh, I feel I've, I've never had to think about things this much. 
there's so many flippity floppities. Um, so it's like you're a girl transitioning to a boy. So you want to wear shorts and a t-shirt? Is that is that what it is? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you're openly, if you're openly trans, that's the hard conversation. Tell your mom to shove it. Scroll. Stop. This isn't us. Nine nine seven. A terrifying LSD trip has left me anxious for months. This is so fucking full circle, because oh, I'm over here talking about how I'm not gonna have a bad trip on ayahuasca so i'm gonna fucking do it in the goddamn rainforest jungle with annie letterman and fight off black panthers a terrifying lsd trip trip has left me anxious for months how can i get it to stop yeah i'm definitely not the one to cover this but we're gonna fucking try we're gonna open this bitch up and try a couple of months ago i did some lsd and it went horribly i was convinced any minute i was going to stop breathing due to it making my face go numb so i spent four hours in utter terror and even called an ambulance at one point despite me knowing it was just the drugs i felt so terrified and helpless i just wanted them to help me a couple of weeks later i wake up randomly in the night and my heart is fucking pounding i'm sweating and i can't breathe and at first i was certain it was a heart attack but i went downstairs and started to calm down but since then i've had a ton of anxiety that all revolves around my breathing and if i feel literally anything happen in my body i immediately panic my heart starts racing and i focus on my breath to try my hardest not to suffocate as i'm convinced if i don't focus on breathing then i'll stop and die every night i go to sleep there's nothing to focus on but my breathing so it's getting harder and harder to fall asleep due to utter panic. Has anyone else experienced anything like this after using psychedelics? And how did you deal with it? I've almost choked to death countless times in my life. So that's where the initial fear came from. But the experience with LSD has amplified it a hundredfold. Now, kudos to a properly worded, structured, and grammaticalized sentence. I am aware of how disrespectful it is to judge people's grammar to judge people's grammar, and then say grammatical-ler sentence. I understand. But I got hung up on the word, and I digress. Congratulations on your well-structured sentence. I'm really glad that the LSD did not melt the part of your brain that uses periods. Well done. Now, to your actual problem, don't do it anymore. <laughs> and my thought is, it's been how many fucking it's been a few weeks later and guess what you haven't stopped breathing you know you're giving energy to the problem by worrying about it so since it has been weeks and you haven't stopped breathing maybe just think you're gonna keep breathing you know my advice is, hey, what have you been doing the last few weeks? Keep doing that. Are you alive? Have you been breathing the last few weeks? Keep doing that. Everything else is in your head, which is halfway melted because of LSD. Next topic. Scroll. Stop. Kloof 1. A dove that visits my garden has a broken slash damaged foot. Should I call some type of animal service? That was so fucking meaningless and stupid that... We're going to talk about my daughter for a second instead because, oh, you got the internet involved. Okay, so Gracie is about three days away from walking and I'm so excited, Cubs. Okay, I know this is like just right in the middle, just right in the middle. Listen, we follow the breadcrumbs and no breadcrumbs led to this fucking trail. But uh, a call 912 or whatever the fuck just asked about the dove with the injured foot made me 
boiling lava hot because hey Kaluf nine one whatever the fuck some people have cancer so what ever so my girl <laughs> is what is standing up everywhere and she's so fucking braggadocious and showing off and I fucking love it she she won't take steps yet. She stands up on her own, and then she'll just kind of like squat. She'll hit deep squats. She'll pick things up. She'll stand up with them. She Her favorite thing is to walk over to a fucking empty laundry hamper. Or Sorry, did I say walk over? She crawls over to an empty laundry hamper. She stands in front of it. She stands up to her feet. She grabs it by the side, and she lifts it over her head. And I'm like, that's the kind of shit we're looking for in this family, babe. We want We want to show off a little bit. Are you an astronomical fucking beast? Show it off. She's fucking nine months old. Nine months old, just lifting laundry hampers over her head, standing on her fucking feet. She's a stud. She's a stud hoss. And she talks so fucking much. She holds court. My baby girl holds court. Some of y'all can't even hold court, and you're 24. Some of y'all are anxious to talk in front of people. My nine-month-old demands attention. While she is speaking. It's my favorite shit. So from the time that she is like three months old. We have we've had like fake conversations. Because that's when she really started mimicking a lot. Like if you were like da. She'd be like da. Once you start making one syllable sounds at her. She had started making one syllable sounds back. Just like that. And now it's turned into like full blown mimicking of, of the sound. You know. She's not at mama and dada specifically respectively but if you go da da she'll go da 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 she doesn't understand that it's me but she holds fucking court so one thing that i always do is when i get home from work and we'll be playing in the living room or something and i'll say tell me about your day tell me about your day and she'll like kind of look over at me and i'll go da and she'll go oh it's like fucking all systems go when i give her the da signal that means tell me about your day and she fucking goes off on a goddamn rampage where it's like she's doing that like the baby sounds where she's just like figuring out how to move her tongue to make different cadences and rhythms and stuff she's just all fucking she'll do it for like three fucking minutes at a time and if you try to cut her off she gets louder So my nine-month-old is practicing arcane arguing techniques, and I'm fucking here for it. It makes me smile from ear to ear because I'm like, look at you. You're not even letting me cut you off. She'll be like, ah, la, 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 and I'll be like, that's not a very good point. She'll be like, ah, la, 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 and I'm like, all right, that's better. You got anything? Ah, la, 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 and she'll fucking bang her hand on shit. That's the kind of, that's the kind of respect I want that baby girl to be fucking commanding. You better believe that shit. You better believe that shit. Uh, now, Jordan and I obviously are potty mouse. I am, I'm equal parts worried and excited for when those first bombs drop out of her mouth. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous that it's going to be like word number three is going to be an entire phrase. I'm a little bit nervous that it's going to be dada, mama, for fuck's sake. I'm a little bit worried that that is going to be the order of events for how my daughter <laughs> learns to speak. But also at the same time, if she uses it properly in the early years, I'll save face. Don't worry, babe. I'll save face. Say we're at the park. I'm letting her play with some kids and some kid goes, let's go over here. And she goes, no, I'm playing in the sandbox right now. She's really articulate. And he goes, no, let's go to the monkey bars. She goes, for fuck's sakes, would you calm down if she hits him with that? 
and another parent hears it, I'm going to go, Gracie, we do not talk like that. And I'm going to turn to the mom and be like, I'm so sorry. And I'm going to get Gracie out of earshot and I'm going to give her a fucking fist bump and I'm going to say, very, very good usage of that phrase. You use that properly. She's going to say, thanks, dad. You teach me all the best things. And I'm going to be like, that's goddamn right, baby girl. She stubs her toe on something. She looks at me. She's like, son of a bitch. I'm like, whoa, don't call your grandma that. But did that hurt? Dude, I've already accepted the fact that the house that she's going to be being raised in, in terms of confidence and empowerment of my little girl, mixed with the no bullshit energy is going to lend itself to phone calls from the school. I've 100% already accepted that fact. And honestly, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. We've ran through we've ran through scenarios. You guys you guys get it, but Oh god, dude, that reminds me of a that reminds me of a funny story about my little brother Gunner. Little Gunner was like I don't know. Probably 4 4 years old, maybe 3, and he was going through this phase where uh he was going through the back talking phase. You know how toddlers hit that age and they're all little shits? He was in that phase. And it was like it got to the point where for about a month, it got so fucking bad and he got so mouthy that he would get swats, you know, he'd get pulled into a bathroom, he'd get one swat on the butt and he's, that's enough. And he's a little, he's always been just a little bit scary. So he didn't cry, but he didn't mouth off anymore. He, he might've cried the first couple of times, but it's not like they were in there beating the shit out of him. It was a, it was a grab him by the arm, walk him into a bathroom, one swat on the butt, watch your mouth. And then go about your day. My favorite fucking story. Well, I shouldn't say that. Every single story is my favorite fucking story, apparently. But it was in the car. We were driving to uh, drive. We're driving down the freeway, and he was at that age where the back of his feet could reach the driver's seat where mom was driving. And so he's pushing. Stop pushing on my seat. Nya, 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 nya. That kind of shit. You know that shit that digs into your spinal cord that you go, you might get a swat, but really I want to throw you out the window on this freeway. Just that like, oh, you little motherfucker. Those those vibes. If you have kids or you have younger siblings, you get that. But that nya, 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 shit. So you push it on the back of the seat. Stop pushing on the back of my seat. Nya, 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 nya. Gunner, do you want a swat? Now you got to remember, this is the kid who at the age of six or whatever the fuck maniacally ripped the head off of a $65 bobblehead of his older brothers because he knew that was the only thing that he could hurt him with. Now that's this kid, but this is, that's this kid at three. Gunner, don't talk like that. You want to swat? You can't swat me. There's no bathrooms in a car. And he said it so fucking arrogantly and so fucking cockily that if you think that car didn't go from 75 on the freeway to zero in less than half a second with a little bit of a skidding turn onto the shoulder of the road and he got yanked out of that seat, swatted and put back into that seat in less than fucking 15 seconds, you'd be sorely fucking mistaken. It was like, there's no bathrooms in a car and he got a swat eight seconds later. And the best part is like, he wasn't crying or anything because it's not like they're beating the shit out of him would elicit pain tears. He's he's in his seat with his arms folded. And he's got his face like, like, well, never fucking mind then. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. I'm not I'm not uh, ever going to spank my daughters. I'm just going to teach them to use their words. 
So if I go stop pushing on my seat, they're not going to go, they're going to say some shit like, oh, dad, is me pushing on the back of your seat a minor inconvenience? So you're allowing your temper to get out of control. That's what my daughter's going to say at three. (laughs) Dude, if that does if that doesn't tell you right there how fucking in the dark I am for what it's going to be like to have a toddler, I don't know what is. <laughs> okay. I I feel like per as per necessary, I should uh, do one more fucking advice thing because I totally did a fucking left-handed skew turn. And if it's not good, I'm going to be fucking pissed about it. But let's see. Malax says, I'm 19 and I feel like I'm missing out on relationships. I'm just going to open it right up. I'm a 19-year-old male and as the title says, I feel like I'm missing out on relationships. For the past few years now, I've been generally keeping to myself. I don't go to parties or attend any activities outside of school slash work. As a direct result of this, I don't know too many like-minded people or anyone I could truly consider a friend in real life. I've been fine so far, seeing as I don't have a huge issue with spending vast amounts of time on my own. My only real issue is that I'd really like to meet some people I could at least somewhat relate to and spend time with from time to time. The city I live in isn't exactly known for being very big, and because of this, there aren't that many activities slash classes I could take on my free time, so the chances of meeting new people aren't exactly the greatest. I know some peers from school but I've never really gotten to know anyone that I like spending time with the only real way of getting to know new people for me would be to attend parties and that's where my issue lies I don't drink alcohol or find amusement in partying so what ends up happening each time I try to go to one is that I just find myself regretting that I went there in the first place I've heard people tell me to just loosen up a bit and try to enjoy things but I just can't as hard as I try This is the gist of the predicament I find myself in. The reason I made this post in the first place is to ask whether moving out might be a good idea. As I've heard people say that that it's either a good idea or that I should just learn to live with what I have. And hopefully get some opinions on what you do in my situation. All opinions welcome. Well, Malax, buddy, listen. Um... One thing I've learned is that situations create friends. People don't make friends. Does that make sense? When you go out hunting for friends, you almost never find friends. You have to take advantage of situations that you find yourself in. So you have school, you have work. You have to be confident enough to strike up conversations in those places. Then that's where you kind of vet people who have a similar interest. Now, say your interest could be something like playing Call of Duty. Sitting down and playing Call of Duty with somebody for a few hours is a great way to get to know someone. And nothing happens overnight. You're not going to have great friends that you enjoy right away. Everybody and their fucking mother usually goes out the feeling the feeling it out process unless you're like the most weirdly extreme extrovert on the person like those social butterflies that try to make friends with everybody. Nah, obviously by the post, you're not that. So why wouldn't go out looking for friends? Whatever situations you currently reside in. So you're in school, you have a fucking class, someone seems kind of chill. Or you're in a group project with some people, see if you can study outside of class, strike up a little bit of a conversation there. And I know that's not necessarily the best advice because some people have trouble conversing with others. But my main piece of advice for meeting a new person or at least getting people to like you that way you can vet is constantly ask them about them. What are their interests? What are their hobbies? Ask them following questions. Because people really enjoy talking about themselves like we all do. I mean, we're human beings. Nothing interests us more than what's going on inside our own head and what's inside our own head is our own experiences. So if you can 
ask someone questions about that, they're probably going to be overjoyed to tell you about it. And what that does is it attaches the excitement of telling you something that they enjoy or a story about themselves to you, which makes you more likable in their eyes. And honestly, friendships come down to a vibe, honestly. It's like a, it's like a little connection piece. If, if the conversation flows easily, your guys' sense of humor kind of links up. That's how friendships cultivate. But you have this weird thing, I feel like, right now because it's you've been doing this solo thing for so long, like you're 19, that you probably, when you have conversations with people, are assessing them a little too heavily in terms of, is this someone that I want to be friends with? Is this someone that I want to be friends with? If there's just someone that's kind of cool, you're not going to 100% like everything about all of your friends. Everybody's going to have some shit. So you got to give people a break. Don't be like, oh, I think I could like them, but it turns out they're a fucking Washington Redskins fan or some shit like that. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Like, don't look for reasons to not be friends with people, which is an easy way to talk yourself out of putting the energy into cultivating a relationship. So all you really got to do is open up more conversations with people and don't focus on making a friend out of it. Focus on them. Focus on the person. Focus on just learning about people. People are fascinating. And you'll probably find you'll probably meet some really cool people. And then they'll be more inclined to want to hang out with you more because of the good feeling that you gave them based off of your conversations and how that kind of rolls on. And one thing that almost always happens with a situation like that is eventually it flips and they want to start learning more about you because they will eventually, if they're a decent human being, come to the realization that, oh my God, the most majority of these conversations, I feel like I'm just talking about myself. Let me get to know this fucking guy. It doesn't happen overnight. It just happens... You know, it's a slow build, as it should be to make good friendships, I think. All of my best friendships were slow builds that happened through shared experiences, which led itself into opportunities for conversation, which led into mutual connections. I mean, it's, it's, it's not rocket science, and you're looking at it like it is. It's real simple, bud. So, all right, baby gorgeous. That was episode 20. Don't take fucking life too seriously. First off, happy birthday, America. 1776. Great, great time to be alive. Fuck you, King Arthur, or whatever the fuck. King George III, I think is who it actually was. Not a history buff, but I think it was. We gave King George the old taint-licking middle finger, and we said, we're, we're going to do our own thing. Riding Han Solo for the weekend. So, have a great week. If you're listening to this on Monday, I hope you had fun yesterday. Hope you had fun last night. Enjoy that day off work if you work at a place that's decent. And if you're working today, that's all right. You're just in your grind, babe. You're doing great. Don't even worry about it. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to anchor.fm, hit that support button. I would really appreciate it from all the Cubs. And without further ado, go out there, have a great week, and cheer up, babe.